0: Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to this week in Bitcoin. Today is April the 23rd, oh my, 2021. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Don't FOMO on alts. Conviction. People have some conviction for God. Yesterday, so many weak hands. I can't even believe it. All right, I'm offended by selling. And yeah, there were some people that were selling uh yesterday. All right, we got a great crew for you today, baby. You know I bring you the best freaking guest in the space. I had to go to north of the border. I had to go up to Ontario, the police state of Ontario, to get Mauricio to come in. I, the 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 guy I, uh, in charge of the province up there. He wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let me put him on the show. But I convinced him or whatever. Okay, now we got Jim here, too. surfer. Jim's in the house, and Andy Edstrom. He's in, uh, you know, the People's Republic of uh, California. I'll be visiting there soon enough again, but it is great to have Andy back on the show. He, it's been a while for him. because He's been very busy. You know, he's got a real life out there. He's beyond Bitcoin. And let's talk a little bit about beyond Bitcoin because there was some news yesterday that affected the traditional finance markets, the, the Bitcoin market, the crypto markets. There was a rumor that the president of the United States – I mean I, I don't know if he was actually thinking this or he had someone thinking for him because I don't know if he thinks anymore. But uh, that the, the capital gains tax for uh, – was going to be increased um, for those who uh, made over a million a year and, and significantly increased. And these are the producers of the world and the, the market bobbing it, okay? The, the, there was a bitcoin sell-off but it, I mean, we, we've seen things like this happen before so we're going to talk about the price drop and get your hands really strong but i want andy to discuss uh, you know you have some things to say about the the proposal the uh the, the capital gains uh tax increase proposal and, and what it means so take it away Andy. yeah Welcome
1: thanks thanks adam great to be uh great to be with you and um Man, I'll try to keep it short when talking about uh, this tax stuff, but there's a lot to unpack. So, a couple things here. So, first of all, um, you know we we have a Democratic administration. It was a a blue sweep, so to speak, uh, so to say, of the presidency and Congress in the election, but just barely, right? Like by one vote. Uh, you know, there's a Democratic majority in Congress. So, it's you know. It, It's not like the Democratic Party can just do whatever they feel like, you know, quote, unquote, they in quotation marks or whatever the president feels like of the administration. So there's the question of like, you know, is this really going to really going to happen? So I'll come back to that. My answer to that is it's pretty low probability that they are going to equalize the capital gains tax rate with the ordinary income tax rate. So you know, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I agree with you. It it may have been a catalyst for the you know for markets in general, stocks, uh, stocks and everything else. But uh, let me put it this way: I'm not I'm not losing any sleep about this uh, proposal just yet. However, it is a big move, and you know, equalizing capital gains rates with income rates. First of all, it's big numbers. So I think, as you suggested, I'm I'm here in the People's Republic of California. The max bracket for just state income tax in California is, I think, 13.3%. And if you're tacking onto that, you know, roughly 40% of federal tax, that means that anyone selling, let's say selling some Bitcoin, God forbid, God forbid I got to sell a, you know, a sliver of my stack to uh, you know, support my family or for any other reason. But anybody who does that, if this uh, new regime takes effect, you're going to be paying more than half the gain to the government. And let's be real, if you bought, I mean, unless you bought in the last, you know, month or two months, you know, most of you, the value of your Bitcoin chances are is gains. So, you know, it's like you get to keep half and the government's going to take half. So that's a that's a little distressing as a Bitcoin investor. Um, But one of the things that 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 history, recent history has taught us is that it's hard to tax capital, right? That's probably the reason that capital gains taxes have been lower rates than ordinary income in recent history is people know that, oh, if I tax the capital too much, it just moves. Um, We're seeing this with businesses leaving California, going to Texas, going to Wyoming, going to Florida. Um, Those states are smart. They got good policies about tax. Uh, They have low tax rates. They're they're, uh, entrepreneur-friendly and uh, individual-friendly. And so it's just going to accelerate the move out of high tax jurisdictions into lower tax ones, and you know, big picture, do I think this plan gets done? I think that I think that it's I think talk is cheap, and I think this administration wants to uh, please the the far left part of the party, right? The socialists, basically, and attempt to be doing something. The question of whether it's going to actually happen. You know, I'm suspicious. I put it at relatively low probability, but let's put it this way: uh, I think it makes people nervous, rightly so, that uh, it's even up for discussion.
0: It's disturbing, but we we should have expected this with the uh, parameters that you uh, mentioned at the beginning of your talk. That Congress is Democrat, the 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 executive branch is Democrat now. So, I mean, they they can agree on some things, and and these are the type of things they agree on. Now, I do want to stress again that. The rumor was more so, I believe, that it would be the, the high-income own earners that would be uh, destroyed by this. That if you were a regular guy, you perhaps would would still be able to uh, sell your uh, investments and and pay a
1: reasonable capital gains tax. So yeah, can I um, just make one? Can I just make one response there, Adam? Which is, yeah. I agree. I mean, it's a million bucks and up, and so it's like, well, you know, who cares about the millionaires? Now, you know, and, you know, I I would be uh, I'm not lucky enough to be in this uh, in this in this bracket, you know, income bracket yet. I wish I were. However, one thing we know about Bitcoin, at least its history, is it goes in in these waves. Right. And so if you need to, for some reason, sell some Bitcoin uh, and if history repeats, right, if we had these these boom cycles, then you're chances are it's going to make sense to sell a chunk in one in any one given tax year, right? It's not like you're going to be legging out, you know, like hey, I want to buy a house. Oh, okay, I'm going to sell a little bit in 2021 and a little bit in 2022 and no, you're probably going to take that lump, if you have to take that lump, in one single year and some bitcoiners are going to be blasted into that, you know, into that tax bracket just yeah. by the nature of this market and the fact that they're probably going to have to take it in a lump sum, you know, rather than over time.
0: Yeah, that, that is a, an excellent, excellent, excellent point. Um, for all the people that say, oh, it's just million. It's just people making a million over a year. No, they count too. I don't want to steal from them. I don't want to steal from anybody. That's why I, I call it well, it's theft in the title there. So, pound that freaking like button. F F two K sent four ninety nine. Thank you. He says, Surfer Jim got underneath the billionaire's skin. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But but for now, Surfer Jim, let's talk about millionaires and uh, the, what what was uh, proposed yesterday and the weak hands that came out of the came out uh yeah I, I mean i checked out my show yesterday was excellent everybody check it out pound that like button for it check it out it's linked to below but i mean there were some trolls out there just spreading all sorts of rumors like oh there's going to be 80% tax and oh bitcoin's over this day will be remembered forever guess what guess what already 24 hours later it's already back to $51,000 i mean you guys got to get it man it's blip on the radar blip on the radar blip on the radar over and over again, these big crash days. But anyway, let's go back to the the the, the point at, at hand here, Jim. What, what What's your take on uh, what happened yesterday and, and, and the proposal?
2: Well, the proposal to increase the theft rate is, of course, something I don't agree with. Um, I think it's horrible that there are some people in the world that get to steal money, quote unquote, legally from the rest of us. Um, so any tax rate is too much. Um, so. The idea that they're going to just tax some billionaires or millionaires is kind of a joke because those people that have that kind of money know how to move it and, and secure it in ways that they can avoid paying the tax. There's all kinds of disclaimers and backdoors that the politicians give themselves and all their rich friends that uh, as long as your write-offs qualify in this category, uh, yeah, you don't have to pay that tax. So they work it out. They don't. It's a dog and pony show. It's to it's to appease the little guy who thinks it's being uh, the uh, playing field is being made more equal between the haves and the have-nots. And it will never play out that way. And the push comes to shove, and there is no legal. Let's quote call it legal tax out. Um, the capital disappears. Right? People move it offshore. They do other things. You know. So it's a silly thing. Uh, taxes in general are bad enough um, to. This is just uh, – it's a sort of, um, like I said, a dog and pony show to appease the the masses that, you know, government's still looking out for them somehow, which I don't <laughs> agree with either. So, yeah, Yes.
0: I, I, I want to remind everyone, 20 Bitcoin make you a millionaire at this moment in time. So indeed, somebody could have 40 Bitcoin in the next year, sell 20 of it. They made a million dollars. The, the rich people that you uh, allude to, I don't know how any of them can live in California or uh, New York anymore because of when you throw in their ridiculous state income tax, they all got to move to Florida. I mean, they all, I mean, all the New Yorkers move down there anyway. So uh, this is just, if, if this doesn't happen, and I hope it doesn't happen, there, there'll be other taxes, other, you know, people want revenge out there too. You know, everyone is vilifies the, the the wealthy people, and they they feel somewhat satisfied if oh well, they're now they're being forced to pay their fair share. But I mean, does it really improve the world that you you hurt someone else? No, it doesn't. It it, it really doesn't. But uh, Mauricio, you're up in Canada. Do you have any uh, take on? I mean, uh, I don't see how anyone can say that. Uh, the announcement didn't affect the price yesterday. I, I mean, it was like almost exactly. So it affects the whole world when 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 the president sneezes. I guess. Uh, what, what's your take on this, Mauricio?
3: Yeah. And, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, Adam, and, and everyone. Um, I, I echo so what Jim said. I think first off, I think this is part of the playbook. And, and so right, first off, I want to. Uh, I saw a tweet yesterday from Rick that I actually thought was interesting. It said, "Wealthy people don't sell assets; they borrow against them." And borrowing as your asset is and not selling it is not a taxable event. And I hate to plug it, but that's exactly what people have been doing with Bitcoin not letting. And uh, when you borrow instead of selling, it's not a taxable event. So, for me, this is frankly, having been through some of this before, uh, this is part. This is part for the course. Uh, parts for the course. Why? Because the second you print an absurd amount of inorganic in- or money, and you just give it to people that inevitably uh shoots up asset prices and that inevitably just blows up the gap between the haves and the have-nots and similarly when the government prints the government has to do uh yield curve control or taper top because everyone goes because because investors know what they're doing they go out and try to short the government right and they're like okay i'll take the other side of that trade i know exactly where this is going so, the government has to do a couple of things. On the yield curve, it's called yield curve control. So, they're like, oh, yeah, you wanna come sell bonds? Guess what? I'm a buyer. And guess what? I'm not gonna let that yield go as low as you think or as high as you think, right? And so, that's how they keep that lid on. The other lid that they have to keep check on is people, right? Because a year ago, everybody was like, where's my check, right? And that problem goes out the window because everybody got their checks. But then the next problem is, wait a second, I got this check and those guys got to buy three houses and all I got was $2,400 and now I can never afford a home. And so you start getting things like, hey, we're going to do this tax, we're going to do that tax. And it, w- what you're trying to do is talk the market in a way down, right? But And, and it's precisely to Jim's point, wealthy people know exactly how the system works and they'll move around. And they'll fit the boxes that they have to fit to optimize the capital gains. I think Warren Buffett openly says he pays something like 10% only. And, uh, and and this would have been a long time ago. His effective rate might be a bit different now, but wealthy people have great accountants <laughs> by and large. And if if you think this is bad, if you think this is bad, you know what? The law that came out of Venezuela yesterday, just to give you a sense for, well, maybe let's give you a glimpse of Canada. So Canada has instituted a 1% vacancy tax for foreign-owned property that's not rented, okay? That, again, it goes along the lines of trying to talk down key markets that make people mad. Housing and food are the two main ones, okay? You wanna hear what's happening in Venezuela right now? There has been a six-month moratorium for all tenants, residential or commercial, to not pay rent. They don't have to pay rent. Their landlords cannot evict them. And not only that, their landlords cannot fire any employees as a result of this measure, their companies, and so it, it becomes a bit of a witch hunt, right? Uh, to, and 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 perhaps the witch hunt itself is not necessarily effective because it's basically the witch hunt becomes you telling your buddies, "Hey, I'm going to do this. Prepare to move." And then you know they announce it, and then it's like, "Oh," and then the people are like, "Yeah, they're trying." But it's like this this chase of capital that, to Jim's point, will basically
0: relocate to where it's welcome. Wow. I, I I like how you bring up b- both those situations there. Ridiculous um, to, to try to manipulate the housing markets this way. It actually sounds like Baltimore City. I mean, it's, they've done similar things with vacant properties. <laughs> I don't even want to remember that nightmare. But anyway, okay, very good points by the panel here. Do any of you, before we move on a little bit, do any of you have anything else to say about capital gains uh, proposals and, and taxes? Uh, but before we just get into the, and by the way, the, uh, Lenin, yeah, you deserve the freaking plug at this point, okay, man. Like I was, th- I was thinking to myself, if I ever gotta sell two, mi- if this is forced upon me as a United States citizen, and I have to sell like two million dollars worth of Bitcoin one day, I mean that would be great, you know. Uh, well, first of all, I, I'm going to try. I, I am, I am hoping for a world very soon where we don't even have to go back into the dollar. OK, to, to buy whatever we need. OK, if I want to buy a mansion, I'll just give somebody, a, you know, whatever, two million dollars worth of Bitcoin or whatever. But, you know, one day if I have to convert two million dollars to, uh, to two million dollars worth of Bitcoin to dollars to give to my nieces or something like that, um, I'm not. No, I, I'm not paying that darn tax, man. I will hold off on it. I will borrow against it before I write a freaking six, a seven figure check to the United States government. Okay. If they, if they change it to, you know, 49% or whatever the ridiculous number that they're, and I will also by that point, you know, I will figure it out. I won't be a citizen of Maryland anymore. I'll be a citizen of Florida by then. If, if we, if we go down this road and there are plenty of other people like me. Okay. I mean, this is, they're like drawing a lot line in the sand here. So I just want to give my, my, my personal take on that. And well, I, I'm hey, not Adam, a big, can
1: oh, I it's, just it's, jump in there too? And you know, call it moon juice if you want, but, uh, you know, there's going to be some percentage of, of, HODLers out there who have enough of a stack and they were thinking to themselves, okay, I got my target number, you know, whatever that number is, it's in the six figures. Okay. In, uh, in USD per, per BTC. And they're thinking, I have enough of a stack that if I sell X percent, you know, either I can retire or I can really cut back, you know, my fiat job, you know, or basically I can buy my freedom or some percentage of my freedom, right? Because let's be real. As we know, there's only two two scarce things in the world, Bitcoin and time. And, you know, freeing up your time is is huge. So some percentage of people were thinking about that. Now, if this tax rate takes effect, then some percentage of them are going to say, all right, fine, I'll slave away at the fiat job for a few more years. And I just won't sell because it's not going to be worth it to me to, to give, you know, half to the government or what, whatever the number is. So that actually could, you know, tighten the grip of uh, some percentage of hodlers out there. We'll see. That's my playbook, Andy.
2: Just literally exactly. And I'm in the oppressive state of New York, and uh, I have every intention of extracting myself from this hellhole of a tax burden. And, uh, If I have to put off living off of uh, what I've accumulated, then I will. Um, And there's always a point if you do the actuarial calculation uh, of of how many years you expect to live and what your expenses might be and the present value, uh, you know, however you phrase it, of a stream of income, you can say, all right, I'm going to give myself an annuity. I'm going to just take out this much every month. And on average, I should do fine for the next 20, 30, whatever amount of years. If you just do the math based on what you think your expenses are going to be, anybody could live off their stack at some point. And I see no reason not to, honestly. I mean, it's great to leave it to your family. People are going to hold forever and ever. I kind of think that's a little silly. What's the point of going through all this if you don't get to enjoy some of it? So <clears throat> I fully intend to make sure I'm sovereign to the point where any government doesn't see any of my stack if I can help it. And I certainly will put myself in the most tax friendly environment to make that as, uh, as easy, that burden as easy on me as possible, for sure.
0: You, you know, something else that might evolve over time it, once uh, taxes are increased all over the world is just a, a network of Bitcoiners who just, you know, some might have real estate, some you know, something valuable that they have. And they're just... They, they, they set up a network where they, they know we're not getting back into fiat. We'll trade our asset for your Bitcoin, just like pure Bitcoin ecosystems forming naturally to avoid just even touching fiat and touching banks and, and dealing with this nonsense. So it's I, happening I, already
2: I, I, in yeah, El Salvador. Uh, there's a whole ecosystem developing there. Uh, I know someone who wants to develop a thousand acres he owns in Baja and turned it into a community of Bitcoin people, you know, people that own Bitcoin that will help develop it and uh, take their stake in the land. Um, You may know of a guy on Twitter, Untapped Growth, who is doing regenerative farming with cattle. He's been on a few podcasts recently, and he uh, may get involved with helping regenerate this land down in Baja. I mean, there's people planning this stuff live in economies where they do not have to use the fiat rails ever and they can uh, buy and sell their goods and services to people in bitcoin i fully expect i don't even think it'll take that long five to ten years when a large majority of people will definitely accept bitcoin for payment in services or goods especially for a discount especially if it's non-kyc so the market will explode for that so
0: yes value your wealth in bitcoin it is not just a saying we just laid it out on the table why you really should all right so uh any any of you guys have anything else to, to add to the uh that before we just get into pure price of bitcoin and and the weak hands just uh with the, the memories of goldfish here i mean there are people that uh they think this is the first uh, drop that that we've 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 ever had okay let me let me read you uh let me read you a quote. This sums it up uh, pretty nicely. No coiner. This is from Whale Panda. No coiners that said Bitcoin was a bubble at twenty thousand dollars. See the drop from sixty-five k to forty-eight k as redemption. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh uh, yeah, that's uh, that that that's that sums it up very nicely. Uh, and here's another one. Uh, where, where is it here? Uh, excuse. Oh, Armin von Bitcoin said. You'll know you're officially a Bitcoiner when you enjoy a dip more than a pump. OK, so that, that that's taking you to a little bit of an extreme, though. Uh, I, I will say this. I mean, I, I don't like when the Bitcoin price goes down because everybody starts. There's so many people that go crazy, but it doesn't affect me at all, man. It's just like it's just another day. Just like, uh, you know, when Bitcoin goes, you know, a, a, another day, a new all time high. I'm happy about it, but it doesn't like. You know, it doesn't change my whole day and everything like that. So I guess we'll, we'll stick with uh, we'll stick here with uh, with Mauricio. What what's your take on, on the latest uh, people saying it's different this time? It's gonna I mean, it's like people have no perspective. Bitcoin is over fifty thousand United States dollars. I mean, that's that's amazing. Let me I, here. I, I'll I'll read this one off too. Hang on. Uh, Bitcoin is on track to close out its biggest weekly drop since. February, when prices fell 21% before making a sharp recovery and breaking the all-time highs near $64,900. So, dudes, you short-term memory people, just it wasn't. We ex- we experienced the same exact thing in February, and you think it's the freaking end of the world? I mean, if you cannot take this, I mean, have fun staying poor. Basically, I mean, this is what happens. We have tr- tr- dramatic d- drops. I mean. I, I don't get it. And people are still, they want me to to comfort them, to give them reasons, this, that, and the other. Mauricio, what's your take on this? Uh,
3: Yeah, I mean, we, um, I got, okay, so I think it had to do a lot with the Coinbase listing, um, personally, and and the lead up to the Coinbase listing last week. Why did, why I think that? So, um, most people around the world don't have access to invest in the shares of Coinbase. And uh, naturally, Everyone around the world watches US media and follows US markets. So there was a huge buildup in the investment community around this listing. And I would argue that you know 80% of investors globally uh, have a very hard time accessing uh, US equities, right? And what I think the listing did was just hype up retail investors, and I say retail for two reasons. One, if you look at the, uh, the ex, the, the basically the leverage, the, the amount of leverage by, by looking at the futures premiums on an annualized basis, they went to essentially all-time highs leading up to the Coinbase listing. However, it wasn't all futures values. The CME did not make a new high leading up to the Coinbase listing. So y- big institutions, the big boys, they weren't taking excessive leverage leading up to it. In fact, they were lower than the prior week because they were probably getting some cash aside to participate in the Coinbase listing. What drove this excess of leverage, and you can see this if you look at the funding rates for perpetual swaps, or if you look at the annualized supply uh, returns on the futures, is that they ballooned to 50%. And so what that means is that people were just over leveraged, like literally pedal to the metal going into the listing. And there was essentially, the, the Coinbase listing that wasn't really like a moonshot like many people were expecting. It came in and it actually dropped quite a bit. Uh, you know, Retail... They say there was a retail frenzy. Retail only bought $57 million on the on the debut on Wednesday. And then and, and you know, Kathy Woods Arch Invest alone invested 246 million. So this was clearly an institutional play. Institutions didn't overpay like many people thought they would. The retail people weren't enough. And so when people saw the whole thing kind of coming down, you the, the it basically Coinbase went out very late on Wednesday. Thursday had an okay day, Friday had an okay day. Then you get into Saturday and you have that hash rate drop from China, and it all basically created this like perfect storm of events where people just like dump, you know, dump Bitcoin because they were over leveraged. It wasn't dumps, they got liquidated. So in the in the weekend of Coinbase move, so to put things in perspective, that the the, the move on Saturday liquidated two times as many people as the drop for March 12th. Two times. That it, basically, there was more, there were two times more volume liquidated on Saturday than there was on Bitcoin's worst day ever, March 12th. So that just shows you how much excessive leverage in the market. I think it was just a natural deleveraging move. Uh, it's not even as extreme as they have been in prior dips. So I just think this is, again, par
0: for the course. Dude, that best freaking guest in the space on this show, that March 12th comparison, I did not know that. I did not, and we're talking about March twelfth of last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, wow! I didn't know it was that bloody in, in terms of what just happened uh, here, what you just described. So that's that's interesting to know. I mean, we we, we have things like that. That's why you got to have a strong hand and don't play those freaking games and get over leveraged like that. I, I I do I do want to point out that b- before this happened, people were talking about Bitcoin's dominance uh, going down. All the altcoins got destroyed too by this. So all the altcoin fans out there, you, you still got to realize. You know bitcoin leads the pack it is the next bitcoin what happens to it it takes everybody else down with it okay and you you can clearly see that and we'll we'll talk a little dogecoin here because i know mauricio actually wrote about it on on the leaden blog there but (laughs) oh andy do you have anything to say you know to, to what mauricio just said there anything to add
1: yeah no i like mauricio's take and um the only other thing I'd say probably is there's a classic uh, old saw in investing, which is buy the rumor, sell the news. Um, there was a lot of excitement going into this whole event, and rightly so. I mean, you know, the <laughs> whether it was Coinbase or some, you know, other entity, and let's say we probably all have mixed uh, feelings about Coinbase itself, but it is a big deal. It's, it's a, you know, it is a major listing it was a huge valuation and it meant more eyes on bitcoin and more eyes on the space but yeah you looked at the charts and you looked at the run-up um and what was going on and uh you know it, it's always harder to call these things before they happen than after but but uh it was it was a pretty classic case of uh by the rumor sell the news to in my mind
0: well you know speaking about rumors and i don't want to put you exactly on the spot here but uh we, the ETF rumors are, are picking up again. United States ETF, we'll talk about Canadian one that it's good they got that off the ground and everything. Um, do, do you think that, that we're, we're in for a repeat situation uh, once that gets approved, a, a, a huge uh, build up and then a, a big uh, blow up like we just had. And do, do you see an ETF being approved this year?
1: Yeah, so I do, um, I do see an ETF uh, you know getting approved this year, pretty likely. If not this year, the next year. And I think, you know, what the price dynamics will be just depends on when it happens. I mean, (laughs) if we're at 250K Bitcoin or 300K Bitcoin in, you know, I don't know, pick a date, you know, by September 30th, right? And this thing's finally coming through the pipe. Like, you know, do I think we're going to do I think the news of an ETF approval is going to take us from 300 to 600? Probably not. (laughs) Um, On the other hand, if it comes through early. Um, then I think it could generate some buzz and some excitement. So I, you know, have come to the view that the cycles tend to matter more. You know, we like to tell stories about, you know, this catalyst or that catalyst. And sometimes it's true and often it's true. But I think it's going to depend more on just how far through the classic, you know, 18 months post having you know, we are when when it happens. That's my thought.
0: And, uh, you know, c- comparing it to the mainstream now being cool with Bitcoin on a certain level because a, a huge Bitcoin company is now public. I- if we get this uh, Bitcoin ETF, uh, how much bigger is that
1: uh, it, uh, than, uh, than a Coinbase uh, listing? Oh, you're saying how, yeah, in terms of order of magnitude, like what would that mean for markets? That's a good question. I mean, you just look at the grayscale you know, you look at uh, Barry Silbert's vehicle, and that's still, I think, over thirty billion. And so you say, like, what's demand for an ETF? Well, it's more than it's more than that because it would better be better than that vehicle. So, you know, would it be fifty? Would there be fifty billion of demand out there? And you know, that's approximately equal to the Coinbase market cap. So, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it's similar. Maybe it's similar order of magnitude. Can I ask a question? Of yes, Andy. Um, the, the difference,
2: uh, as my understanding, uh, wouldn't the ETF have to have the underlying, uh, asset to pay out eventually, uh, therefore not having the same, uh, effect on the market. Whereas the Coinbase, you're basically, they're issuing stock in a company that deals with Bitcoin and other stuff. And so, that is less, uh, it's it's certainly less tied to the underlying assets that they're trading and more to their profits. At least it would be in in theory. And so the ETF would maybe not necessarily spark the same buy the rumor, sell the news kind of thing, because now that those ETFs would n- now need to acquire Bitcoin, pushing the price up potentially. Would that be an accurate assessment of the dynamics there maybe?
1: Yeah, I I like that idea. I mean, I think you're right that uh, cer- certainly, unlocking demand for the underlying, and then having to deliver the underlying to investors, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense to me. I think you have to think about, you know, what's the incremental demand to what's already been satisfied. It's like, you know, how much of the you know brokerage account Bitcoin demand has already been satisfied by existing products like uh, GBTC, and then what's the incremental net? But there should be incremental net, and as as you suggest, yeah, that should that should be a direct bid on Bitcoin and and the underlying. It's a good uh, point. I hadn't thought about it, uh, but it uh, you know on the face of it, it makes sense to me.
2: I would think the uh, there would be increasing demand just as uh, Bitcoin becomes more popular in general. Um, you know, the the big guys are paying more attention now, but plenty of little people, you know, regular folks, and uh, there should be plenty more, and. You know, for even for the regular folks that just have you know 401k plan or whatnot, at least the you know their their investment their indirect investment could participate in Bitcoin in ways that they couldn't otherwise. Again, pushing up pushing the pressure to buy the underlying asset and then pushing that price up. So uh, that makes yeah, me more excited good, for sure. <laughs> I think you make a good point. Well. And I'm not even a financial guy. So uh, I just pay attention to smart people talk about this stuff. And I try to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And it ma- it made sense. And that's why I asked you the question, because you, you know more about this than I do.
1: Well, Dude, hey, uh, you know, Jim, one thing Bitcoin's taught us is a lot of times Bitcoiners are smarter than the than the legacy financial guys. And uh, certainly they've made more money over the last decade. So uh. <laughs> more, more fiat money, but I might have more stats than a lot of them.
2: <laughs> oh,
3: yes. Yeah.
0: So, uh, again, this is beautiful learning. Everybody, this is you got to you got to take this stuff in. Ask the questions, okay? Just don't sit there and drool and like see my hair and Mauricio's nice hair too, and everything. That's what a lot of people are doing right now. You, the, 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 Jim, you're awesome, man. So, Jim, okay. I, 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 but I got I got a question for you here, Jim. Um, sure. what, what What was your take on on the price drop and and the weak hands and uh, and again, we'll talk about. He, Jim and Chamath, and, and, and Jim has been outspoken <laughs> on uh on Twitter. And we'll get to that at the end of the show. I wanna leave because Andy's actually gotta leave in in, in 20 minutes. So once we'll talk about it once Andy's gone. Jim is gonna go off on you know his <laughs> social media antics. Because I'm we, sad what, I'm gonna I, miss that.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, miss well that. we
0: gotta make we gotta make the most of your time here, and it's gonna take it. Jim will have an extended. i watch uh, the
1: recording. I'll watch the yeah, recording <laughs> later.
0: Uh, okay, but but <laughs> Jim, what what is your take on uh You know, Bitcoin's dominance, uh, it it went under 50%, which is, to to, to me, it's expected. I mean, we had, during 2017, the same exact thing happened. But your take on Bitcoin's dominance dominance going down and uh, on the weak handers out there uh, selling.
2: Yeah, well, the dominance metric is absurd because, you know, Dogecoin prints 14 million a day or something. So they can take market dominance over Bitcoin someday and stay there forever. But that means nothing. So I I don't see anything about that. I I appreciate Mauricio's uh, description of what causes a price drop like this. I had heard similar other descriptions. I scratch my head when I see this kind of price drop wondering, how is the price not continuing to go up? Who the heck is selling is what I can't figure out. But some people sell and some people get squeezed out because they are leveraged and all these things that I don't know a whole lot about. But it is interesting to watch. But to me, it's on sale. I, I just like oh, I can't get enough. I wish I had more money to just, spend, you know, stick over there. But I have to keep a bunch of money in the fiat world because i run a business and I got to transact with fiat dollars and I can't just put it all into Bitcoin every minute of every day. But, yeah, I, I look at this as a, a big fire sale on sats <laughs> and so try and get some more whenever this happens. Uh, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. It's going way back up. This is all just temporary.
0: Yep, offended by selling, just a blip on the freaking radar, dudes. Yeah, All right, sorry. let's let let's move on to the, the broader world here a little bit here. Uh, Alistair Milne, what's this uh, tweet he says? Unpopular opinion: Dogecoin pump and dump is likely to be used to justify restrictions on retail investors, preventing access to many crypto assets. I think that's a valid point here. Um, uh, I, I wonder what these Dogecoin people are thinking today, because again, everything went down yesterday. So some of them, they 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 don't know about uh, you know everything that we just talked about. They don't know about Biden's announcement. They don't know about anything. They just see that they paid forty cents for a Dogecoin. Now what's it twenty cents or something like that? But it, will the if this ends in disaster for Dogecoin, and we've seen so many these altcoin things end in disaster. Um, is the gov- Are the governments of the world going to use this as a, as a way to say, oh, we're going to protect you? You can't trade altcoins anymore. Um, Mauricio, do you have any thoughts on that? You wrote about Dogecoin real quick in, in your, your <laughs> lead-in update. You're like, what, what the heck is this Dogecoin? So, so, so your, your take on the Dogecoin situation and what it could lead to? Yeah. Um, oh, man,
3: where to start? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think Doge is, uh, is really – again. Uh, a symptom of money printing right uh, it, it's a, it's again this it's the same route it's the same issue right uh, first and i think doge is is a natural evolution from gamestop i think the two are very much related um they both have an origin on wall street bets i've read it uh, they're both protest buys of things that absolutely make no sense um at least on the on the gme side i was in a the way there was like a, this evil hedge fund that was short America or short progress. And so like people were ganging up against the system. And then what people realized was that, Oh, wait a second, this system that's supposed to be built to protect retail investors actually goes both ways. When we're winning, it switches to protect them. And then we got screwed. And so people walked away from that experience being like, okay, Oh, you want, we're not going to pick a fight with you guys on your turf. We're gonna go pump something else that you can't mess up with, right? And lo and behold, uh, Reddit Wall Street Bets starts allowing cryptocurrency conversations three days leading up to the Coinbase listing and what currencies do they allow? Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin. And that was very well pointed out by Meltem. And it's it's precisely that. Do you know how many people had reached out to me about Doge, like over the last week? People weren't asking me about Coinbase. They're asking me about Doge, and and I think where that comes from is that it, it's sometimes it's easy for us Bitcoiners to forget, but we, the four of us here, we know why we love Bitcoin and we know why it works vis a vis fiat money. Most it, most people take that for granted, and, and and you you know why it's going to succeed. Ask anybody buying Doge why they think Doge is going to succeed. And they'll tell you,
0: Elon Musk is tweeting about it, yeah. and,
3: and, 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 like, and I'm like,
2: uh, I'm like,
3: I want to bang my head against the freaking wall, and 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 I think it's everybody just wants to make money in 24 hours. 48 is too long, and <laughs> it, 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 it's honestly, and and so I, I have friends, and this is actually almost personal to me because I have friends that I've been telling for years, buy and hold Bitcoin. Do, don't just don't. Play around with other stuff it doesn't get you anything and then even though they know that i've been in bitcoin and my company does only bitcoin and i've been doing that for years they still call me to ask me about doge i'm offended I, I, i'm offended adam i'm offended <laughs> uh when that happens so
0: offended yeah, by dogecoin baby pound that like button mauricio Dude, that was really an excellent uh, take you just shared there. I mean, I was laughing my butt off. I, great, great, great points that describe the situation on, on so many different levels. Yeah, it's it's a cousin of Wall Street bets. It's that same mentality. It's the money printing gone wild. It's people looking up to authority, blindly worshiping. Elon Musk said it, so it must be good. I don't I don't know what that Bitcoin thing is, but if Elon Musk tweeted about it and, and his kid, then that's no, great. <laughs> My, my Lord. Uh, and yeah. Uh, Andy, do you have anything to add
1: to that? Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of irritated Bitcoiners out there right now. Uh, myself included. Um, because you know, there, we ha- some of us held out some hope. I wasn't unfortunately in this camp. Some of us held us some hope that, you know, the same nonsense that we saw in 2017 and, you know, even in 2013, I guess, which was before my time, we all had some hope that, that basically it wouldn't repeat, you know, all the, all the junk basically, uh, uh, tailing off of, uh, you know, drafting off of, uh, of Bitcoin's rally. And, you know, unfortunately it's just, it's just repeating. It seems like, you know, Bitcoin leads, you know, then you get a junk coin season and, uh, you know, such is life. It's like, uh, it's like, what can you do? And it does make, you know, our jobs harder. Like, everyone on this call, you know, is a Bitcoin educator, and we've all made efforts to, you know, from first principles, try to explain why Bitcoin is the thing and why, you know, you're you're basically just uh, rolling the dice and and pulling the slot machine uh, with the rest of them. And um, unfortunately, I think people are going to learn the same lesson again the hard way. And I wish there was a, I wish there was a better way, but uh, I guess it just ain't so.
0: Well, this this brings up a bigger point. You you compare it to 2017, is very comparable. And I have a saying: it's all cyclical. It's all cyclical. I mean, we keep we re, we re, we repeat the same Bitcoin uh, pump after a few months after the the having we have an altcoin insanity a few months after that. Um, so my my bigger question to you is that since history is repeating itself. 20, this seems like we're in the new 2017, you know, NFTs are the new ET uh, or the new ICOs. Okay. So what, what, what did 2018 bring? 2018 brought, you know, there was a big, a weeding, it was a weed out year. It was a total weed out year. And people were really scared at times. I mean, there was nothing to be scared. I'd already lived through 2014. 2014 was 2018. So is 2022 going to be 2018, Andy, since I haven't
1: had you? I
0: ask people this often, but you haven't been on the show for a while. So do- with all I that mean, in mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, probably. It's like we kind of have a template. And as you say, you know, it's, uh, it's different flavors. Uh, it's different flavors of BS this time around, but it's the same theme. So, yeah, do I expect a weeding out? I guess it kind of depends on how far it goes. In other words, you know, I'm still massively bullish uh, BTC from current prices. You know, through the rest of the year. So it's like, it's kind of like uh, if there's a, an ongoing, you know, altcoin pump, and we get to truly extreme levels, we can debate whether we're at extreme levels. For I mean, is you know, is Dogecoin, you know, should it ever have hit fifty billion dollars or whatever? I don't think so. But on the other hand um you know it could it could go higher and of course the bigger the pump the bigger the overshoot you know the the deeper the washout so yeah i think if all if the alt season if alt season was over and btc were to pump from here you know and have another major leg through the rest of the year then maybe i wouldn't worry as much about a wash washout in alts next year but if the cycle instead repeats and you know everything goes up and we get to extremes then yeah man i think uh i think hard lessons learned by uh, some of us in 2018 could get uh, learned by a whole new, much bigger class of, uh, of new participants uh, next year. Well, I,
0: I don't think alt season is over at all. It's just a little, they took a little break. Dude, Ethereum 2.0 hasn't even happened yet. Uh, that will help lead the way. That will take away you know dominance from Bitcoin. We, we haven't seen anything yet. We got to get to like dot com two thousand levels, which it never reached in twenty seventeen. Okay, it didn't get that mainstream. This time around, we we we're living in a world where so many people do know about cryptocurrency that uh, we could really have something that was that's like the dot com bubble uh, on a grand. Uh, normie scale here. And we, we're seeing tastes of it right now with the NFTs. Everyone's trying to sell an NFT. We, we Everyone's, people are talking about Dogecoin. Robinhood. Robinhood was not available in 2017. So uh, yeah, this, we're going to have a huge, and yeah, Bitcoin could crash down in 2022. Bish, Bitcoin could crash down to 60,000 or something like that. We don't know how high Bitcoin's going to get. I am one who, you know, with my strong hand and everything, I, I try to take a calm, rational approach here. So I do expect 2022 to be an off year. I don't think it's going to be different this time. I've had guests that say, no, 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 there won't be Bitcoin off years anymore. The, the cycle will be ripped to shreds uh, because of this, you know, all the, the inflation and everything. All right. Uh, so, Can so, I just Jim, say we... one
1: thing real quick because I want to key yes. off what you said about Ether. Um, yeah. Back to the buy the rumors, sell the news concept. Yes. I think the best thing that Ethereum, the community, can do – is not make the transition in this bull market, right? Keep talking about how you're going to, you know, how you're going to swap out the engine in mid flight about how you're going to move to proof of stake. Uh, but as long as numbers going up, why would they take the execution risk on that? Right? I think, I think very likely what they'll do is they'll just keep talking about it. You know, they'll make, they'll move other pieces on the chessboard, you know, whether it's quote unquote, cutting the supply. Um, and they probably won't actually make the trans first of all, if they ever make it, but I, I don't think they'll likely make the transition, you know, before bear market in Ether, because there's probably only downside for Ether to try and actually pull it off. Dude,
0: that was a freaking genius strategy you just recommended to them, okay? Stretch it <laughs> out as long no, no, seriously. I, I had not heard that yet.
1: Dude, I promise they've already I promise they've already thought of it. <laughs> Dude, anyway, I'll hand it over. No, 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 no,
0: no, no. I was going to ask you about Ethereum I'm glad you reminded. It crossed my and left my head for a second. But, dude, that strategy—if they actually do that, stretch it out as long as possible, bring up the hype, and then finally try it when things are going down—I mean, that's that's good. I, I, I was thinking that they're telling the truth and that they're going to really try to pull this thing off as soon as soon as possible. But it would make more sense to follow your game plan right there best freaking guest in the space here dude pound that like button, there but you tell them freaking happy about that and and, but so andy you do you remember from 2017 the the ethereum flipping uh rumors uh, back then okay so i mean we're we're gonna you, you do expect that to uh really be ramped up with the combination of like well we're gonna go to proof of stake because uh it's and it's good for
1: the environment like that that attack on –
0: and they're welcome to do that. But I, okay, you're. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What what do you think?
1: Oh yeah, Are it's about- going to come from all sides. It's going to be every narrative that could possibly work. It's going to be a, a, a magical milkshake of uh, of narratives. <laughs> the flippening ether is money. You know, proof of stake is better and more secure, and it's more environmental environmentally friendly, and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's it's all it's all going to be in the mix. It's all going to be there. Um, It's going to—I'm sad to say—it's going to fool some institutional investors. It already has, uh, and it probably will um, uh, continue to. um, But yes, I am uh, not—I'm not worried about uh, Ethereum actually, quote unquote, overtaking or flipping Bitcoin. Uh, I'm not worried about that actually happening. And uh, yeah, anyway. It, but there's just
0: no, and I just want to put it out there. There's no reason to worry about it. If you have Bitcoin, why should you really care if Ethereum is worth 10% of a Bitcoin or six percent of a Bitcoin? I mean, why, why should I mean just you know it's newsworthy, okay? It shows that a lot of institutions are probably gonna pour some money in. I, I agree with you. There there will be institutions that want to diversify for the sake of diversification, and they they're gonna buy totally into the narrative, and that's that's their prerogative. How high right now Bitcoin uh, Ethereum is for a four and a half percent of a of a Bitcoin. And I I expect it to go higher. Do you do you expect it to go higher?
1: Uh, you know, I'm probably not gonna I'm not gonna I guess what I'll say is, if this bull market, you know, rhymes with the last one, then you would say chances are good that that could happen. But that's a big if, and then that gets back to the, you know, the investor mindset. I mean, forget about you know, hardcore hodling and and uh, you know, and actually understanding what Bitcoin is. Um, even if you haven't gotten to that sort of level on your personal journey with Bitcoin, I would say still risk adjusted. You know, Bitcoin is the no-brainer investment, right? Um, You know, will other, I don't know, crypto assets, you know, go up, pump more on a percentage basis in the second part of this bull market? Uh, Maybe. But on the other hand, for the reason you already mentioned, Adam, which is like what happens if there's a washout, you know, you could really lose your ass on on some of these other assets. And so on a risk-adjusted basis, Bitcoin is still head and shoulders above the rest in terms of an investment opportunity.
0: All right. Again, long-term thinking people, I mean, there's flavors of the month all the time. And I mean, Ethereum is what it is. And just think, you know, 2028, 2024. Okay. Thinking, speaking about long-term thinking, I know you got four minutes with us here, Andy. That's why I've been picking on you and keeping you here. So plug what you're doing to before you go, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the floor to you because you got to do an early exit and you're just a great guest but tell us what's up. Any things that you wanted to bring up? Any big stories? Anything?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I uh, it's awesome to be with you, Adam and Mauricio and Jim. Both, it's a real pleasure. And um, you know, I uh, I'm still plugging away, helping Swan Bitcoin. Uh, you know, help people stack Sats, right? DCA. If you don't want to, if you don't want to lose sleep about the price going up this week and down next week, you know, set it and forget it. And um, You know, I just uh, always shill my book, Why Buy Bitcoin, which I've got in the corner over here. You know, give it to your uh, normie friends, your family members, if you want to help them uh, understand uh, why Bitcoin is the thing. So thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Okay, Andy. Good. good.
0: Have fun. Where where are you going now? Doing your thing. And thank you. We hope to get you back on and uh, keep on spreading the word. Thank you. The show will go on without Andy. So let us uh let us go to Jim. I didn't ask you about Dogecoin and Ethereum. What what is your take on everything that we've just been talking about
2: there? Uh all right. So um my overall take regarding crypto diversification is the equivalent of owning the best performing stock in the S&P 500 and everything else in your portfolio are penny stocks. Uh so I I can't relate to the crypto diversification Uh, concept and Dogecoin being one of those penny stocks that people want to somehow equate to to, with Bitcoin as if all cryptocurrencies are equivalent at some level with Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, they just didn't pump to 60,000 yet. You know, there's still a quarter so we can get in early. Um, But most of it. Well, I, I personally believe all of its vaporware and will prove to be so over time. And, uh, I, I like the, the, uh, whole take on Ethereum, uh, with regard to not switching the proof of stake. As a matter of fact, I think it will completely fail once it does that because the incentives will be become obvious. Um, it, you know, you're basically just, um, hiring a bunch of people to, uh, verify all the blocks instead of a decentralized proof of work network, which it's supposed to be right now, but I don't even believe that. So, um. It's, I don't know, it's just, uh, p- you know, people are going to want to experiment. L- l- like you always say, you know, compete, don't complain. Uh, there's a lot of people that are fooled because they don't do the homework, but there are a lot of people that I think are are very knowledgeable and are on purpose pumping things they know won't last and taking advantage of the the narrative. Uh, and some very large people, and I, I heard people talking on a podcast about companies putting Ethereum on their balance sheet, and I just can't. Fathom how they can justify that in the same way as Bitcoin, but they find a way, and they some may do it, and maybe it'll turn out good, and maybe they'll all get wrecked one day. Who knows? Um, but you know, we're all about Bitcoin. That's all I care about. Yeah, so. Jim
0: is alluding to big names, cause he's gonna talk about a big name. Don't we'll get to his uh, chama stuff <laughs> in a second now. And yeah, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be putting Ethereum on their balance sheets. I mean, you think that these dudes are super duper uh. I mean, they, they've gotten to their CEO levels for, for various reasons. They're smart, but some want to take big risks and they they don't fully grasp the difference between Ethereum I don't between Ethereum and Bitcoin, but hey, let compete, don't complain, let them do what they're gonna to do. Towers Comics sent $10 in uh in Canadian dollars. Thank you. He says, shout out to Mauricio, loving services. And he says, uh, shout out to Andy and Surfer Jim. You guys are legit. Best guest in the space. Dude, thank you for all the support there. Um, And Vention, and it's great to see Vention here. He says, supposedly the next difficulty adjustment is on May 3rd. That should allow the fees to drop a bit. I wonder if that will increase market confidence. Hmm. Do, do the markets, does the market really even care about fees though? I mean, do they even understand that? Do they, I, 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 it's a legitimate question there. Do they do they care about such... I mean, I know that doesn't sound too technical to us, but do, do, do they know about those technicalities? What do you think about that, Mauricio?
3: Yeah, I mean, my two cents on that is like, when you think about market structure, right? Like the people that move markets, the people that put the billion dollar bids and the guys that have to base... The guys that clog the network, right? Because at the end of the day, the guys that clog the network are the guys that are moving around big money. They're the guys that can bid up the fees. So those guys... Don't really care too much about fees. Uh, you know, they will move it as as needed, and they'll and you know, they you know they'll, they'll get it done, and they'll pay up as much as it does because they're doing trades in such size that they can basically afford a large fee to move a million dollars. The guys that can't really do that are the guys that are waiting on like you know five hundred dollars. It's actually you can't pay sixty bucks fees. Uh, so it's really it becomes a, a size play. And that's why the big boys played over. So I think from a market uh, from a market from an end users uh, perspective perhaps yes because end users have been experiencing longer than expected transaction times higher than expected or higher than usual fees. so it it may bring back faith or comfort to the user as far as transactional like transactionality i don't really know if that's a word but uh, it i don't think it would do much for the investment community to be very honest with you
0: okay yeah i i, I agree with that sentiment there now i want to ask you something as i told everyone on my previous shows i was going to have a guest from uh ontario on and, and quite a guest you, you, you've experienced uh, the situation in venezuela so you know when governments start taking it a little too far and there was a clip uh, that was going around the internet do you call it the premier of the province i don't even know the proper name uh premier. We, we we have govern we have governors in our states whatever you want to call that dude. Um, they just, in, they made an announcement that was disturbing and almost seemed like he was under mind control about the extreme, uh, you know, taking the lockdown to a whole new level in Ontario. Uh, what did you think about that? And uh, what do you think about the situation up there in Canada? And will you be going, leaving Canada anytime soon because it's kind of hard to get back into Canada?
3: Yeah. So, you know, a couple of, Couple of points in that question. Things have gotten really bad in in Ontario. Uh, really bad from a, from a lockup standpoint, from a restriction standpoint. People are getting their liberties taken out, left, right, and center. Uh, that that's to me, that's the most concerning part. Uh, I I listen. I'm a big fan of Canada. Uh, I love this country. I think my, what pains me the most is to see bad policy, right? Because when you are, you know. Really, you, you I think what's what's happening is this a, a, a almost like a structural misunderstanding of how to fix the issue because you you have people that are in a situation where you, you can't work from home. Not all jobs allow you to work from home, particularly the people in the lowest income brackets. These are people facing roles, service facing roles. And so what you really need to be doing instead of locking people up and pretend that they could just afford to live without making an income, is try to give people paid sick or paid leave these people in these situations so that they are not exposed because right now you're putting them in a corner, right? Like people need to make an income. You're not providing the type of uh, support that is being provided in the United States. There's no Serb has become like so many hoops of fire to jump through, which is the Canadian equivalent of the paycheck protection. Uh, it, it's just really bad policy, like all throughout, like from the, from the prime minister, all the way down to the provinces, all the way down to the hospitals. And don't forget, you know, this can open up a whole side of the debate differently and take it in a completely different uh, uh, direction. But the additional layer that you have to, to, to talk about in Canada when you talk about COVID versus the states is that this is a public healthcare system. It's not like the states. Uh, so there's a lot of differences around how those decisions are made, right? And so uh, it's just a very unfortunate situation. Um, I, I would hope that you know both the governments can get it in check most likely this is going to end up in a new election uh but you can't hold an election in this environment so they're pretty much out there doing whatever they want until because you know they feel like the the people are you know i don't know how this is going to end but i do hope we get a change in government i'll say that
0: all right, uh, I do too. <laughs> it's, it's 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 quite ridiculous out there. So we'll we've got this big Miami Bitcoin conference coming out on June fourth and fifth, a uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Do you plan on going there, Mauricio?
3: I want to. I don't know if the travel restrictions will make it uh, uh, will make me able to go because I have a family too and, and other things to consider, uh, but uh i would love to uh you know it it sounds like it's gonna be a really fun event uh just i would really just love to see my friends right like i have a long time that i haven't seen a lot of people in person uh a lot has changed a lot of good things have happened there's a lot to celebrate although there's a lot of bad stuff happening there's a lot to celebrate in bitcoin in particular so uh so i would love to go it just remains to be seen i guess Mm -hmm. tbd dude
0: i uh I it's going to be so great to meet some of these people that I I really wish I could meet you in person at this thing. But I understand totally the situation Uh, something that I never I should have suggested to Bitcoin magazine. and I'll suggest it right now. It would be awesome if Canadians got a discount on their tickets because then they the the, the remnant they would have to spend on. The freaking hotels that they have to pay for when they're in two weeks in quarantine or whatever the ridiculous rule is when they return. It'd be great if there's a Canadian discount, but again, I'm not managing the situation. That because we're not going to have any Canadians coming to this, and we really should have tons of Canadians coming to it. Uh, but it's just it's 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 a pain in the tockless there. So speak, speaking of Miami events, Miami speakers, for Jim, you um, I don't know, will you be at Will you be there? But you've got a lot to say about some of the speakers. And the, the chamaths of the world and uh what, what got you into the controversy with the billionaires online so I, i'm gonna give you the floor here to talk about chamath and BitCloud cloud and you know people saying that big cloud is the next uh, bitcoin that's i don't like that um you know i i mean anyway take it away i, I just put a lot on the table there for you. uh
2: yeah okay first off i am planning to be at bitcoin 2021 and uh in reference to what you just uh brought up with Chamath and billionaires and, and that kind of stuff. For anybody who's unaware, I tweeted out one day that I was disappointed that he and another guy were going to be keynote speakers at the event, and Chamath answered and pretty much belittled me, doesn't know me, kind of put me down. And I guess uh, a lot of people rallied behind this character, Surfer Jim. You know, I just picked that name because somebody, a good friend used to call me that all the time. So, you know, that's who I am on Twitter. Just this guy who loves Bitcoin and loves surfing. And uh, I I picked on the billionaire and he responded in a way that made him look like an idiot, uh, at least from most people's perspective. And I guess it just blew up. You know, I I didn't intend for that to happen. I wasn't even really calling out him so much as the other guy that's uh, also a speaker. I won't even mention his name so as not to give him any publicity. Uh, so it's a weird situation I find myself in because I just, uh, I kind of grew up in an environment, at least, um, I I somehow through osmosis got this, uh, idea in my head that you need to defend Bitcoin at all costs. And I thought the Bitcoin 2021 was strictly a Bitcoin conference. I guess that's kind of all I'm used to it's like the conferences I've been to are relatively small and I only meet Bitcoiners at them. And this one's going to be much bigger. And some of the people, even the speakers, have ties to a lot of uh, altcoins and businesses around the altcoin ecosystem. And I'm not a fan of that. And so whatever, it blew up uh, to such an extent that some guy wrote a poem about me and Chamath, and then another guy put it to music, and then some other people put it to music in a different format. And people were putting – surfer gym t-shirts out (laughs) you know like and and all it was is like it's not really so much me but what i said that people agreed with you know like why is this guy a speaker when he supports relatively scammy what would appear to be scammy stuff and and you brought it up so i'll i'll direct right right at it right now which is BitCloud, which is a uh you know a, a platform that has a token and the token has a pre mine and Chamath is like number 3 or 2 on the on the top you know he got like the bulk of it and then uh, and he's promoting this thing in such a way like today he promoted a tweet from another guy or a tweet thread from another guy the other guy explaining how great bitcloud is and when you look into it the other guy is also one of the pre mine guys and so it's like a, a roundabout indirect pump up of uh you know how great it's all going to be in chamath compared to being early to bitcoin and i just went no way dude not only is it not even close to bitcoin but the way it's being publicized with the people who were in on the pre-mine are the ones that are doing the pumping you know like the promoting and not disclosing not you know being upfront about it at least i haven't seen and so whatever, it just looks like another scam. It's another way to print money out of thin air and being in early like he is with virtually no skin in the game. It costs nothing to print tokens and give them to people. And then if there is a market value, so, so like what people sent in real Bitcoin to be believing this was going to be a platform worth owning these, these tokens in and the people who got that real Bitcoin are these people that that basically are in on the pre-mine because, you know, it's I can't all right so I'm making accusations maybe that's not fair I can't prove anything A, a lot of this is information I learn about uh and I try to judge it based on the merits of how logical it seems and what other information I've looked at what other evidence I'm not here to present it all it looks as though it's a total pump and dump scam and Chamath is right there at the top of it and it looks shady and I think that's horrible for someone who's a billionaire why do you need to do any of that and you know why aren't you just promoting Bitcoin? The only thing that really matters in this space as far as I'm concerned and many other people. So in a nutshell, yeah, uh, I stirred up a controversy with this billionaire dude who I never even knew, who doesn't even know me. And it turned into like some weird kind of movement, I guess. I don't know. Very interesting. It's been about a month since this happened. So my world has been sort of flipped around for the past month in in several different ways. But I don't mind. uh, It hasn't ruined my life in any way. I've Got a lot of new friends out of it, which is very cool. And I got tons of support from all the people that knew me and a lot of new people. And that was very cool. So, you know, it's all good. I,
0: I, I want to go just really quick with, with BitCloud. What is it? What is BitCloud? I mean, it's just like if pe- people, if you make a token about yourself and then people buy the token because it's you or something or other people uh, without your permission, make tokens about you and then people get angry or uh, it's interesting.
2: What is it? I don't know a ton about it, but you did. That's a pretty good summary. It's the idea that on this platform, you can create a profile of yourself and sell tokens of yourself and your own popularity would then, uh, dictate the value of the token. And I guess because it's BitClout, it's people that already have clout. So my understanding is that the BitClout platform has created the um, the profile of known people already and given them tokens as if those people signed up and bought them or did, I don't even know how it all takes place. The idea is that they created profiles, put bit cloud tokens in the profile and then they go out again, this is my understanding they go out and solicit the actual real person. Hey, we got this whole thing set up. You just got to join. It's like free money. You know, that's like the whole. And so if they get people to join, then of course that's going to give the platform clout. And then you find that the people who are buying the tokens of the influencers who are, whose profiles have been put up there, even though they themselves didn't join, the people buying those tokens are the same people who are, like, in on the pre-mine and, and you know, BitClout holders. And so they're pumping their own little ecosystem around in circles, it, it appears. So it's a next BitConnect, in my opinion. I think it's going <laughs> to it's gonna die. And, you know, what's funny is, like, I I quoted his tweet about – so he's quoting this other tweet thread. I do a little research, I quote his tweet by saying, why are you such a scammer? And I link a video of another guy, like 14 minutes long, picking this whole thing apart, where I got a fair amount of information, I got some in other places. And in that video, Chamath, the guy who is up there at the top of this whole thing, they do a quick blurb of him talking about the length of time uh, businesses last based on how quickly they they grow into popularity. And um, the, the narrator of the video makes a joke about, oh, okay, so it's been around about a month, so it should be gone pretty soon, or however he phrases it. But literally Chamath talking about how this is a general cycle, and now you're looking at him being involved in one that blew up instantly. I think the guy in the video calls the overall market of BitCloud is $2 billion already. It's been around a month. So like... It, the numbers are so outlandish and absurd. it's a typical just like the 2017 ICO craze, the Nft craze that's going on right now this is people trying to figure out a way to tie blockchain into a token and you're the first one in and you're gonna make a million and we got this angle and look at how great we are and that's all this is another dog and pony show in my opinion. I think it'll it'll fall flat many people get wrecked and Chamath will walk away with a bunch more Bitcoin in his pocket and go, I, I didn't see, I didn't know. I don't understand. I thought it was great, you know, and because there's no laws and they won't go after him and he's friends with all the right people and nothing will happen to him. It's it's horrible, I think. I, I want to say
0: that all of my guests here are linked to below their Twitter accounts. So everything that Jim is talking about, follow him. You, you can see everything that he tweets and has, has retweeted out there and it just, the bit the I almost called it BitConnect, <laughs> the BitClout thing, as it has a lot of big backers, it has a lot, I mean, he's got a lot of darn money there. So we're not, this is not the last we're, we're hearing about BitClout. Um, it's definitely not my thing. And I don't, I don't like to hear when people try to say it, this is just like the beginning of Bitcoin or even compare it. Uh, Mauricio, I, I don't know if you have anything to say about the BitClout thing, if you, you hear about it or any, any commentary on what Jim's been talking about.
3: No, I, I want to briefly check it out before the show. I'm worth $159 on uh, BitCloud. I, I haven't claimed I haven't claimed my profile. Um but uh
0: but it's, it's wait, wait, wait. so you're saying you're saying someone made a profile of you without your permission.
3: Oh yeah, I don't know I didn't make it and it has a value on it. So I think I have to go claim it or something. And to claim it, I have to tweet that I like BitCloud and, and tweet my public key. Uh, and so it's it's uh it's basically like a little uh fomo flywheel that they try to create right like uh you know a little uh self-circling fomo wheel to to bring more and more people in which is listen from from a go-to-market standpoint like sure but i think the issue is um it's how it's being presented it's uh i'm 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 personally not necessarily a fan of vc-backed decentralized projects uh i think that's a you can't really have your cake and eat it too. Like a project can't be decentralized if you know exactly who funded it. Uh, so it, it's 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 funny that way, right? And so, listen, I, I, I'm not a I'm not an expert at this. Uh, I know I I, I did follow, uh, and, and I think the the Jim's point. I, I did follow the the sort of exchange down to the you know the Bitcoin 2021 thing, and I and I had to say like I I thought Jim acted perhaps not perhaps Jim acted like more of a gentleman than uh, this said billionaire. And, uh, and I thought, I think that says a lot about the Bitcoin community uh, and, and, you know, and, and not so much that, but like, what's in the mind of these people that you many people hold up on a pedestal. So uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's as far as I, I think I could add, add value to, or add any, any sort of additional uh, thing to this. Thank My you Lord,
0: I, I'm over at the site. Bolt, that's me. $460 per coin? It's a, <laughs> He's just showing 32 himself. 32 coins in circulation? My market cap is $15,000? What's Dude, going you're on worth here? way more
2: than that. You're worth way more. That's terrible. What,
0: what is this? I don't know what this is. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, what the uh, heck is
3: I,
2: going they, on here? They probably got me up there by now, too. I haven't looked. But oh, that would be my, ironic if a platform Chamath is funding and I'm up there. <laughs> and I, if, I, if I am up there, I didn't create it. That's for damn sure.
0: I didn't create this either. I don't know who did. Who does such a thing?
2: Can we find out who who makes these the, things? The stuff? people that run the platform are doing it. That's the whole idea: is to get you to go. Oh, cool! I get. All I got to do is tweet, and I claim these coins, and I could sell them, and maybe pump up my own clout. Like I, you got to have a big ego to want to do this. It sounds like to me. Oh my lord! And, and a real desire to get some quick. Bucks, you know, and fool some people. It feels—I, oh. like I, I think it's terrible. What?
3: Wait, I, I, are you saying that there might be people with very big egos and wanting to make a quick buck overnight?
2: <laughs> no, uh, oh my god, I, I, I forbid! <laughs> I would never say that. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we, we've, we,
0: we've had a, we've had this bonus bit clout uh, part of the uh, show, but let's let's bring it back and let everybody do their conclusionary remarks and their uh, everything that they're they're dealing with uh we, we'll go to uh we'll, we'll go to suffer jim what, what do you want to promote anything anything that was left off anything you want to talk about
2: uh no i mean i appreciate you having me on uh, you know every, every time it's great uh, you know i really uh, enjoyed meeting you in person when we first met which led to this whole uh you know friendship that we have and you inviting me back several times which i really really appreciate i like to just talk about bitcoin all the time so if people like what i have to say which it appears some do. I've got a bunch of followers on Twitter, you know, and and I didn't ask anyone to follow me. They just decided to. So that's a very nice compliment. You know, apparently some people like what I say and I love talking about Bitcoin. So I, I'm just happy to be here. And second to that really is my passion for surfing. And um, you, you probably have heard me say this. So I have to pump the Long Island Surf Park. My good friend from high school, Chris, and his son, Brett, are building... I've been a consultant for six years on this thing. I know everything about it. Building the first wave pool on Long Island, we're going to have a football-sized field pool that we're going to be making seven-foot waves uh, for experts and two-foot waves for beginners. And uh, we're just waiting on permits. We're literally ready to go. You can you can see our website at uh, longislandsurfpark.com, all kinds of great information there. Uh, we are actually, for anybody interested, we are – Accepting investments, a series A round of investors. Uh, we have a bunch of people already very interested, but I believe there is room for more for somebody who is looking to invest in the future technology of wave pools. We have a very unique design. It's uh, it's looking really good. So uh, hoping to have a lot of Bitcoiners come in. Uh, oh, and uh, let me, I just got to add this. We're making our own electricity on site using natural gas. We have to do this because it's the most – cost effective way to push water. Water is very heavy and it takes a lot of energy and the cost of buying electricity is more than buying natural gas and making our own. So all this has been calculated in, but these generators will run fairly steadily and the draw on them won't be. And so we're highly, uh, Encouraged with the uh, thought of using the excess electricity rather than selling it back to the grid, um, turning on some Bitcoin miners. And we plan to make waves and Bitcoin at the Long Island Surf Park. So we are super Bitcoin friendly and we hope to host a lot of Bitcoin uh, wannabe surfers at our new surf park in about a year. We're hoping to be open. So uh, Awesome.
0: There you go. My, mining and surfing at the same time. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. You're doing good. And yes, it was great to meet you now over a year ago back in uh, Vegas and i'll yep. see you i'll see you in miami baby i will see you looking in forward to it yeah it is, it's, gonna it's gonna be great it's gonna be like a god what a party atmosphere it's gonna be all right yep. Ma- mauricio you get talk about letting him talk about what you're doing anything the floor the floor is yours
3: thank you jim i gotta go uh definitely go surf some waves at that park uh, yeah, very soon i'm uh, that very very down um yeah, I, I uh, you know, no, not, nothing much to say. I mean, if you don't already know this, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the co founder at LetIn. We do Bitcoin back loans, so you don't have to sell your Bitcoin. Don't pay capital gains tax. Um, we also have Bitcoin savings accounts and USDC savings accounts, uh, and soon to have a trading. Um, yeah, you can find us at letin.io. My Twitter handle is at Cryptonomista. And uh, I, put to, I put out a weekly research letter to the, that goes out to all LetIn clients, which actually covers a lot of the stuff we talked about today. Uh, it covers, uh, sorry, you were saying something? No
0: no no, 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 keep going.
3: No, no worries. Uh, yeah, so the newsletter is basically a weekly re- newsletter on like events that are going to happen that week in the market. So uh, last week or two weeks ago was the Coinbase listing. Uh, last This Monday, we talked about how the Coinbase listing affected market dynamics, Doge, et cetera. A lot of the stuff I covered here, uh, all those data points uh, are actually I took from uh the the research that i do for these newsletters so uh yeah that's pretty much it
0: all right well it was a great show today we had a wild one i i enjoy it i bring you the best guest in the space every friday thank you all three guests for being on today it's it's always a pleasure having you guys on you all all will return of course so shabbat shalom everybody it is friday afternoon I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, disrupt Meister. Keep on a uh, follow me on Twitter, T E C H B A L T. That's Tech Ball. All these dudes are listed below too. You never know where you're gonna. I'm gonna tweet out there. It's always a fun time. Everybody have a great weekend. See you soon. Bye bye everyone. Thank you. All right, let's. Uh...